G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our review and a rank series for Eurovision 2023. And today is about one of the big five nations, Spain. Yes, one of those nations similar to the UK coming up for a bit of an upswing at this point. They certainly are because, well, they were pretty bad for quite some time. <laughs> they basically struggled six consecutive times in a row of having songs in the 20s. Pretty much all of them in the bottom five and the one that wasn't was in the bottom six. Mm. <laughs> so it, it was pretty woeful. When I don't actually think a lot of those entries were particularly bad, like Mickey's Lavenda, uh, Amanathair, there was a lot of really good songs in there. Just didn't seem to connect with the public, did it? I think we can take 2017 out of that. That was woeful. But the rest, not that bad. Exactly. But it all changed for Spain last year because when they got it right, my God, they got it right, didn't they, Mike? Mm -hmm. uh, Chanel Wislomo finished third, both with the jury and the public to finish third overall. And I'll tell you what, they were only a few points off being the potential hosts of 2023 Eurovision. It might not have been Liverpool. It might have been, I don't know. Levante. <laughs> Some <laughs> random place, obviously. <laughs> Toledo. Um, but look, Spain had every chance of um, grabbing that runner-up spot and being the host this year. Very much the UK type of turnaround. Well, who have they got for us this year, Dale, to keep that run going? Well, they've got Blanca Paloma with Ea Ea. <laughs> Blanca Paloma is a 33-year-old Spanish singer-songwriter, set designer, and costume designer. Originally from Elche in Spain, she moved to Madrid in 2013 to pursue a career in theatre. Now, she qualified for Eurovision after winning the Spanish national final, Benidorm Fest, where she took out the jury and the televote, came second in the demoscopic jury. Now, it was her second time trying to represent Spain after finishing fifth in 2022 with her song Secreto de Agua, which you famously came for on Twitter, Dale, by saying she couldn't sing and didn't the Spaniards let you know about it? Well, can I just say, there was just one part where she didn't hit the vocal <laughs> in that song. Go back and have a listen, but the Spanish on Twitter came for me. But I'll tell you what, there was no issues at that national final this year. They brought her back for a reason because the performance was fantastic and she deserved her spot um, in Liverpool. Well, shall you kick us off with the pros on this one, Dale? Well, yeah, and look, let's start with the absolute obvious here. Just as we talked about the vocal, the number one thing about this is the vocal performance. It is incredible. I would argue it's probably the best vocal performance we're going to see at Eurovision 2023. Whether the whole thing is palatable is another thing, but my God, when I saw that at Benny Dornfest, Everything I felt about the song completely went out the window because her performance was just incredible. When she hits those big notes, they're raw, they're emotive, and they're hit perfectly. Fantastic, number one, about this song. Yeah, I will agree with that. It is compelling, isn't it? So you'd imagine the juries may go for that one. I'm also going to mention here the staging. Now, the song itself lends to really impactful staging. It has moments already made up in this song. So a creative ramp up of what we saw in the national final. And I think we could be getting into real iconic kind of territory here. 
Yeah, because this song needs it. This song needs to have the staging and the storytelling to go with it. And I thought they did a really good job at the national final. And you stole every single one of my um, points there. Particularly, I said in capital letters, it has moments. So do I. Yeah, <laughs> because I think that's a key thing here, right? And I just I want to just um, say your point again here on it. There was a great overall staging with the whole thing and the dances and the strings and the props. But it was those moments you remember when she pulls the arrow, when she looks up and just gets in a pose. They're not overly complicated things. They match the moments of the song and they stick in your memory that you want to then go and vote and remember the song, regardless of how you feel about it. And I didn't even understand what she was singing about at the national final, yet those moments all resonated with me. So I think it sort of transcends language. I want to talk about here the authenticity and unique identity of this song. This has a point of difference from everything else in the competition electro-flamenco. It's composed and performed also in a very modern and very thought-provoking way. So it's got a sense of difference and it's got a sense of sophistication here. It's gonna, I'm going to slightly agree and disagree here a little bit because I know it is the kind of modern take on this kind of flamenco and this rawness and everything. Um, and I know I can hear that, but when I watch that performance and, and experience that, I don't think electro-flamenco. I think of something, and what makes me feel, and what is the positive of this, is that it's really raw. I feel like it's a really raw performance, and almost like the music and the, the electro, I almost don't even pay any attention to it. It's just so authentic, and it just stands out, and that's what you connect with, her her uh, emotion and the rawness that comes through that performance, mm. um, rather than the mess of music that's going on in the background. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> last one from me here. I want to applaud the high element of risk here from Spain. This is a big swing, and it could get over the fence and for a home run, or we could find ourselves back in the bottom five. That is the risk, but I applaud it. Right. Well, do you have any more positives? Nothing for me at this stage. All right, I'll move to the drawbacks. <laughs> Where is the song? <laughs> There's no discernible song here. Like, there is nothing for people to grab onto as a song itself. You are completely relying on performance. Sometimes that's worked at Eurovision and sometimes it's failed miserably because it is the Eurovision Song Contest, not the Eurovision Independent Arts Festival. You've got to have a song to go with this and I don't think there's much of a song here. I've got to kind of extend on that. I mean, due to its unique qualities, it's quite polarizing and it is a bit of a struggle perhaps on first listen, particularly if you are just listening to an audio. I think this is a song that needs the performance to bring it all together. And as you say, when you watch it, you forget about the electro flamenco, you're caught up in the performance of it all. So it is very important to get that visual correct. Yeah, I think it definitely is. It splits people. I'm sure there's people yelling at me now going, there is an amazing song there. Shut up. And fair <laughs> enough. You totally have, can have that opinion. But I do feel like you definitely see a lot of comments from people that I feel like I'm being shouted at for three minutes. Now, that's just going to turn people off straight away because also her moments come towards the end and people may have already turned off, gone off to the bathroom, gone to get a drink, a cup of tea. So I don't know, if, is it just too 
in your face for a Western um, and Eastern and continental European audience. Hmm. It is good to be different. I want to say that, but it has to be almost an accessible different. And that's what worked with things like Shum. Uh, it, It can be very odd and you can be different. Also Serbia last year. It had something to hold on to. There was something. They're clapping. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure this has the hooks. You're not going to be whistling this down the street the next day kind of thing. And you're right. I just have a doubt about the mass European audience. I think she can overcome it with a compelling performance, but she's got some work to do here. And there's something, I just thought of something then when you spoke. I think the difference of those songs of the Shums and the um, Serbias, you feel part of that. Mm. You connect with it in your own. With this, you're an observer. There's nothing you're holding on to, I don't think. You've got Ooh. nothing to hold on. I think you're an observer to her performance rather than feeling part of the performance. But that's just one other thing. But I will say the last thing here is Spain struggles at Eurovision because I think their music industry and their music a little bit is almost a little bit different than Europe. You know, I think Italy works continentally. There's something that just doesn't click all the time in Europe. And this is very Spanish. And I think you'd probably be, for a lot of the Spanish songs over the years, if it was in Latin America, they'd be doing well. There's something that just don't always connect within Europe. Yeah, that was my last point as well. It is very Spanish. And in the past, that probably hasn't gone so well for Spain. Look at something like Mickey's Lavender. Cracker song, unfortunately, had a, probably a bit of a bad running spot at the end of its grand final. But that should have worked. And Europe just didn't want a bar of it. So as much as I applaud Spain for being Spanish... It's a risk. It is definitely a risk. Well, it is that time of the podcast, Dale, where we talk about what the team like and we have all our contributors rank on these songs. So let's have a hear what they think of Spain. Well, yes, the Aussie Vision team were a little divided on this song. That's all I'll say. So just to be clear, we do jury voting where they rank first all the way down to 36 because we have Australia and we work it out that way. So they have placed Spain in 15th. Oh, that's quite low. Yes, it is quite low. I do think if we did the 12, 10, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 scoring, we might see this a bit higher because it had seven top 10s. So the third of the votes that we know were in the top 10, five top fives, but also six in the 30s. Mm. So when we say it's a Vegemite, love or hate, that's pretty much your evidence right there. And then ultimately in a jury type scoring for us with the first down where it's just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, etc. It ends up being in the middle somewhere. So Ooh. 15th. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because again, we've had probably a good six weeks to sit with this song and we get it. So I'm, again, I'm a little concerned how Europe's going to get it on first listen because it's divided us. Famously, when we did the Benny Dorm Fest voting ranking in the Ausvision team, it was third last in oh, Benny God. Dorm Fest. So it maybe just doesn't, you know, it's not loved by a lot of the Ausvision team. So who are we hearing from the team this time? Well, a couple of the lovers of the song were Justin and Craig. Spain's track, which sounds culturally traditional, doesn't have traditional structure to its lyrics. Those are usually the songs that I fall for. And admittedly, while it took me a couple listens to really have everything click, once it did, the Benidorm Fest performance made so much more sense to me. And the entire performance was both visually and orally appealing. 
That being said, jurors and televoters won't have that same experience of having to revisit this track. So I'm a little worried about its reception. I'm bracing for a mid right column finish because it might be a bit too esoteric for the crowd. I absolutely love 1960s Doctor Who. What those episodes do amazingly is hit you with weird images and weird noises that stick with you well after the episodes are gone. And I think Spain this year has a bit of a 1960s Doctor Who effect. It's strange, it's unsettling, and with her throbbing red light on the ground and her web planet realness string hanging from the ceiling, Blanca Paloma is giving me Queen of the Zabi on the planet of Vortis in the year 1964, and I absolutely love it. It's high risk, high reward. Some people will hate this. It's strange. It's aggressively modern. But if you like this, I think you will love it. I think it will be one of your favorites on the night, and I think you will vote for it. That alone doesn't guarantee a great result. This could completely flop. But for my money, I think this is very, very impactful, and I applaud Spain for taking a punt on something this damn weird. So I think the big theme with both of them is this is a big risk and there could be high reward, just like you said, but I think both of them are quite concerned about how this is going to go, particularly about that kind of first listen appeal, first watch appeal. Yeah, that's what I got as well. And it's good to hear that the contributors can say, look, I love this, but I'm a little bit concerned about how it's going to go. It shows a separation of your own emotions. Craig obviously went down the Doctor Who route, and you know what? There is something quite weird and kind of challenging about this whole thing. And yeah, I guess I'm going to sum that up a bit later as well. But I really agree with both points from uh, both the contributors there. Yeah, we're certainly out of this world, his uh, comments there, was for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, shall we go to our wrap and rank? Do you want to start or would you like me to start? I'll kick us off on this one, shall I, Dale? Well, personally, I have to applaud Blanca Paloma and Spain for sending this type of entry to Eurovision. This composition and performance is exactly what the modern contest needs, and that's quality. The degree of sophistication here is both compelling and challenging to the viewer. For example, I was sitting there watching it going, I think I like this. I'm pretty sure I like this, but I needed to convince myself. I've always spoken about the concerns I have for wider public appeal, but I do think the overall quality will shine through here. I really personally love this one, and I can't wait to see the way it's presented in Liverpool. I think it could be one of the real moments of the contest. I've given Ea Ea 8th out of the 36. Wow, top 10. Another top 10. And Another top 10 to add to the list. Again, it was right, right up there. A couple of others have snuck in just at the end. Wow, that's... I Look, I, again, I'm, I'm not surprised to see you enjoy it a lot, but if you said, oh, it's just outside my 10, I would not have been surprised. I probably would have been surprised if you were like top five. I'm like, hmm. Mm, yeah. Mm, we're going to have interesting conversations. <laughs> All right, well, I'll go into my rap and rank here. Look, when I first heard this song, I loathed it. Like, I actively loathed it. Then that live performance came, and it clicked. Uh, I just have so much respect for her as an artist and so much respect for that performance. As I said, it is one of the best I've ever seen, and it completely changed my mind in so many other ways. It was done so well, and but it, it was the impact outside the song itself, and there's my issue with the whole thing. I'm very torn on this song. So you've got one side where I will I would actively avoid the audio with all costs. I actually don't seek out the video for this very often, but if it comes on, I'm compelled to watch it. I just have to. It's just so good. And I agree with you, the staging could be absolutely monumental in Liverpool. 
I feel like whatever result this gets, we're all going to say, of course that was going to get that. Of course that was top five. It was just amazing. Of course that was bottom five. It was just too weird. Mm. I just feel like if it finishes mid-range, that might even be the most surprising thing of the whole lot. Because of this torn thing where I have loved some elements and I hate it, it has finished really quite midfield for me, pretty much bang on in the middle. 18th place. Oh, really? 18th. That's pretty low. Well, I wasn't in the 30s like some people, oh, so yeah. I wasn't the level hate. I'm I'm confused how I feel about this. <laughs> Knowing the journey that you started on with this one, where you absolutely did loathe it, 18th's pretty good, actually. Exactly. Mm. I could easily be in Liverpool going, it's my favourite, it should win Eurovision, or it's like, I hate it. Oh, <laughs> like, God. you know what I mean? It's just... But as you say, it's challenging. It makes you feel something. It is art. Mm. Will art work at Eurovision is the question. Well, the Spanish fans can put down their pitchforks for you, Dale. 18th isn't that bad. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. If I see a Spaniard with a bow and arrow in uh, Liverpool, <laughs> I'd be hiding if I was you. <laughs> All right. Well, look, let us know what you think, actually, on mm. our social channels. This will be the one I'd love to hear people's opinions on as well. And you'll hear where they are coming up after our finished segment here. Yes. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, muchas gracias. Y hasta luego. Adiós. As always, thanks for joining us and thank you for your support. You can follow us on our social media channels at AussieVisionNet. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 Aussie Vision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.